Hello, it's episode nine of Judd's Travel Bag, the podcast. Thanks for tuning back in. I know we've kind of had a hiatus the last uh, week or so. Uh, first, we had some technical issues. I had to replace a piece of equipment that, you know, it's kind of strange with technology. The the little inexpensive things can get in the way of the of the more complicated things, and that was the problem. I had to replace a cord. Took forever to track down that problem. Uh, but also, kind of real life's gotten in the way. Uh, it's a time at school, end of the first quarter, where you've got a grade and all that fun stuff. But then also, probably the the neatest thing that's happened in the last month or so is that I had talked to a couple students and offered to help them out with their student portraits. And they took me up on it, and I took their pictures. And I've got the opportunity to work with some great kids who ended up being great models. and added to my portfolio and it's been a really fun experience. Um, but that's kind of taken a lot of time. I'm still booked up the next three weekends. And so, uh, it is still, it's, it's so great to get out there and, and express both my creativity and kind of theirs in taking pictures. Now, when I outlined what I wanted to talk about in my different, uh, podcasts, this was originally kind of slated to be episode number 10 and it was going to be, the week of this uh, of the upcoming midterms, uh, but things have kind of been weighing on my mind a little bit here lately, uh, and I've seen some posts and stuff about this topic, and I thought you know it might be good for me to talk about this before we before I do the other episodes. And if you if you're a reader of the of the blog, it's kind of one of those ones where I touch on some of the things I've talked about in the blog. Uh, but with a, a, a little bit of a new spin to it. So this one's going to be my big social media uh, episode. Let's talk a little bit about this. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to admit it. I, unfortunately, <laughs> most of the time, love social media. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, even Snapchat. I, I love that experience. I think it does so much as a resource to help us connect and, and see what people we know are up to. You know, without social media, I would never know uh, what my friend who, who lives in Los Angeles or Chicago is doing. You know, e- even, even in the past, we wouldn't have, you know, written letters back and forth or anything like that. Social media makes it very easy for us to stay connected and to connect as people. I love social media for that connectedness. You know, in fact, one of my teammates uh, from college uh, just passed away this this week, uh, rather suddenly. And I would have never known. In fact, I wouldn't have known what happened to him after 1993 if it hadn't been for social media. Yet, I was able to have a relationship with him up until his death because of this connectedness that social media gives us. And so I think on a lot of, lot of ways, social media can be a great thing. Unfortunately, alas, all those go, good feelings and stuff that we get from social media has an equally, if not <laughs> more frustrating effect on me. You know, I think as you look at issues as they come up in social media and the way we treat each other. 
it can cause a lot of a lot of frustration. You know, I, I think we used before we had all this connectedness, we used to put ourselves in little cocoons, uh, kind of letting us think that everyone outside of our circle had the same likes as us, had the the same values, the same thoughts. And now with social media and everybody putting putting their opinions out there, we realize that that's not necessarily true. You know, today people put their political opinion all over their pages. And guess what? Other people attack those opinions. You know, back in college, oh my God, I loved a good argument. You know, we would stay up 24 hours debating the problems of the world. A pizza, playing euchre, and talking about everything political in the world. Political, religious, any of those taboo topics got talked about in Biddle Hall or Lincoln Hall or in the forensics office at Ohio University. And th those were great times. And, and no, we didn't all agree about everything. The most boring argument you can have is with somebody who was going to agree with you on everything. The thing is, we have those arguments today, but with social media, we're so much more connected that we don't have the personal relationships with the people that we're arguing with. You know, back in the day, back in, back in the, the, the dorm, I could have a, a bitter political argument with somebody, but deep down I would know, hey, this is my friend Bob. And he has a stupid opinion about George Bush, but I know that he'll be there in a heartbeat if, he, if I need him. You know, I had that relationship other than just his political opinion. But today, with social media, we read someone's page, someone that we are like, you know, distant friends with of friends of friends with, and we think, oh, this, this lady has a idiotic opinion about Trump without that human element to it. And so it becomes much easier to denigrate them and to dismiss what they think. You know, arguments are no longer about big ideas. But the political the climate has evolved to where they're about who can give the bigger zinger or who can catch somebody, you know, with a little miss with a little bit misfact or something like that. It's not about grand political ideas. It's about tearing the other people down. And one thing I've found, and one thing that we've absolutely forgotten in our country, is that politics are not a zero sum game. Politics are not designed to have absolute winners and losers. Politics are, you have one side and you have another side, and somewhere in the middle, typically, lies the best path or what's right. But we've been driven apart to where politics have become a zero-sum game for us, and we have to have a winner. You know, I think the absolute best thing that Facebook, Twitter, all those guys could do is somehow invent some magical filter that cuts out the posting of any political content. I think all those things would be infinitely more popular if they could just keep it to be in cat pictures 
and story about about your grandkids and videos of kids playing Fortnite and all that stuff. But more about the argument thing. You know, this kind of brings me back to what I really wanted to talk about. And this has been really marinating in my mind for like three or four months now. Um, this com comes from Facebook, but it also kind of comes from real life. Uh, lately, I have, not, I have seen displays of callousness and lack of human compassion that is amazing. You know, from the beginning, I've always said I don't want this podcast or my blog or any of that to become a, a, a political thing. And I really still don't want that. But I'm going to walk right up to the line. I'm going to go back into my personal experience here, but we're going to tie it into the things. You know, since Kelly's death, I have seen an absolute outpouring of love and compassion from friends, family, coworkers, and people out in our community here. And when I was thinking about this and writing about it, I went back and I counted how many cards I got. And we got, I got 219 cards. Uh, people donated like 500 items to the food pantry in Kelly's name. Uh, they raised almost $500 for the cat shelter. Well, actually over $500 for the cat shelter in Kelly's name. That compassion's been beyond description. And I've felt very humbled and very loved. But I guess what the, the major disappointment has been was seeing that same outpouring, that the same individuals who gave me an outpouring of love, then I see them on social media exhibiting just a complete lack of basic human compassion. I'm sure you've kind of started to figure out, but we're going to talk about, this is kind of about both the children at the border, it's about Kavanaugh, it's about a lot of things. I think what we see is a, a lack of basic human understanding. Um, you know, I, I'm proud to be a teacher. And part of that that comes naturally is a, a passion and a care for kids. It's part for the course. But for the course. <laughs> you know, and I, although I don't have my own kids, you know, those sweaty little hormones with tennis shoes that I have every year are always going to be my kids. Whether they're, whether they're 13 or they're 40. And I've taught long enough that I have both 13-year-olds and 40-year-olds. Uh, and I will not apologize for caring about children. But when we saw those images of kids being taken away from their parents, that was upsetting. And then the fact that it was happening was exposed. And my first thought was, you know, this is horrible. And, and I hoped that our country would have responded and had some kind of universal outcry against it. Instead, what we saw in millions of social media threads was first people 
doubted that the story was true, and they worked to debunk or prove that it was happening. And then we argued that, hey, other administrations had done it. Why are we upset now? And then, finally, to kind of take the cake, there was this, if you don't want your kids taken away and, and held in the detention center, then you shouldn't have come to America. Now, I'm not going to argue against any of those statements because, you know, that's not the point. The point here is that here were kids, kids, that were absolutely terrified. And it shouldn't have mattered one iota who reported the story, what other presidents did, or whatever the parents' motives were. What should have mattered was that these were scared children. These were scared children. And we seem to lack just the, the basic ability to show human compassion. It wasn't about all those other things. Those issues can be settled later. It was the fact that there were kids in pain and in, in, in horrible situations. You know, I've always kind of thought of my country, America, through kind of red, white, and blue tinted glasses. You know, we were always the good guys. We're the ones who are supposed to go in there and stop the Nazis from doing awful things to people worldwide. We're the guys who are supposed to go in there and be the good guys, the White Hats. You know, uh, my favorite Broadway show is Miss Saigon, and this line always comes to me. Uh, the main character uh, says, Christ, I'm American. How can I fail to do good? You know, meaning that as a country, we're supposed to be Superman. We're supposed to be the good guys. And I've always thought that too. We're the global white hats. But I think lately, and not just the last two years, our global white hats are turning gray. You know, and, and the immigration issue is just one part of it. You know, when the hurricane hit Puerto Rico, uh, first people blame the damage on the, the left-leaning left government's economic problem. Then others made hay on those wonky optics of the president throwing paper towels at people. But in the meantime, we forgot that these were people hurting on the ground while we argued about the silly stuff up in the air. When school shootings happen, we, more, we worry more about attacking or protecting our gun rights than we worry about the teachers and the students who just lost coworkers, kids, and friends. You know, and the list goes on and on. Kavanaugh, we worried more about who exposed the story and how it was exposed, which was wonky optics, by the way, over you know, the, the legitimate feelings of people on either side because of it. We've lost that simple human compassion. We like to show off on social media kind of how, how tough we are.
You know, I, and I think that stems from the, the way we view people. We like to take human beings and collect them, collectivize them into an issue. And it's, it's a lot harder to be compassionate towards an issue than it is to be towards another person. You know, we think of this big idea of illegal immigration instead of thinking about, you know, Lupe and Juan and, and their children who are fleeing oppression and lack of e economic opportunity in Guatemala, you know, to walk for a month through Mexico for a chance at what we have. We think about the big issue. We think of, you know, the poor instead of, you know, a lady who lives in an illegal apartment that doesn't have water and heat and doesn't eat dinner so her kids can eat. Instead of, and we like to think of the poor, then we can like dismiss the poor. We think of those with a pre-existing condition. Instead of Kelly, who lived in constant fear that my insurance would change and they would drop her, and all of a sudden, you know, we would be bankrupted by her hundred and thirty thousand dollar a month dialysis bills. That might be a little too close to home. But it's true. We like to take people and we collectivize them into things that we can easily dismiss. And that's a sad thing. We need to stop doing that. We need to go back to thinking and caring about individual people. You know, we need to stop letting the narrative that both sides are spinning change who we are. Because I actually believe deep down inside that every one of us is a compassionate and caring human, human being. Regardless of, of any differences with us. And maybe I'm Pollyanna with that, but that's okay. We need to show Lupe and Juan and the lady in the apartment and Kelly the same compassion that we show when somebody we know out in our community is hurting. In the end, it's not going to be the economy or tax cuts or our environmental policies that make a country. It's us, individual 310 million people that, that, that does it. And I think probably the best way to make America great again is to go back and find that compassion for one another and actually go back and show it. So, hopefully I didn't get too political there. I don't know. I will say this. In closing, before I cue up the, the, sound, the uh, theme song here, if you're a person that uses any form of T-A-R-D in your posts on social media, you're an asshole, and I'm sorry. I don't care if you use libtard. I don't care if you use trumptard. Whatever. Stop it. Those people who are born with developmental disabled disabilities did not choose that. 
And by using their disability as an insult, you're just showing your own lack of empathy and your own idiocy. And if you're my friend on face social media and you do that, please unfriend me before I have to block you. Please. If you want more information about that, there's a really cool website called rword.org. R-word. Take a look at it. Take the pledge not to use that word as an insult anymore. I make it. That's a big deal in my classroom. All right. Well, that was a very serious episode of the travel bag. Uh, I want to thank everybody for sticking around with me. I know we had a little hiatus there. Remember, if you want to get a hold of me, I am Judd Layman on Facebook. I am at Judd Layman on Twitter. Also, if you go on Facebook and search for Cat Daddy Photography, that's my page from my, where I put all my photography stuff. Um, also, uh, you can search for Judd Lehman on uh, Instagram. And I guess Snapchat, but I don't really use that that often. So anyway, thanks everybody for listening. Next week, we're going to talk about the media with a special guest. And the week after that, I've got another special guest lined up in our artist series. So thanks everybody for tuning in. Have a great week. And remember, let's just be compassionate to each other. Thank you.